This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Junk's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan, the Team 980, (laughs) 910 The Fan in Richmond and Monumental Sports Network. We're presented by Crop Metcalf the official heating and cooling company of the Junks. If you're looking to be their next five-star HVAC technician or plumber, just go to cropmetcalf.com to join their team. Barry's Verluga will join us in about an hour at 9 a.m. Joe Beninati at 9.40 as the Caps prepare to take on the Devils tonight. He'll be on with us at 9.40. Big one. But we wanted to get into some of the quotes from Anthony Rendon, formerly of the Washington Nationals, now with the, are they the LA, LA Angels? I mean, they change their name like every two or three years. I think they're still LAA. The, LAA. Yeah. The LA Angels. Uh, here's what he said about continuing to play baseball and where it is as a priority for him in his life at this point. Is it still a top priority for you, though? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So, <laughs> you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have answered goals? your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. <laughs> Wow. Surly as ever, that Anthony Rendon. Man, that guy, he always seemed to have a good re- reputation as, I-, I thought, as like kind of an affable, friendly guy. Like, while he was here in Washington, man, that, that script has been flipped since he's been but he would never with the say, Angels. Yeah, he would never say anything like that here. Because yeah, the Nats fans would crush he younger. him. He was younger, too, at a different point in his career. Now, I understand when you say, and, and Kevin Millar said this couple years ago on, mm-hmm. on um, in, in, uh, Intentional Talk on MLB Network. He said the majority of Major League Baseball players mm-hmm. play for the paycheck. Right. And I don't know why it came up. I mean, they all obviously all want to win, but he yeah. said the majority of them just play for the paycheck because the paycheck's so good. Problem with Rendon is you can't say that. Uh, obviously, I think you fam- can say it if you're producing. Obviously, family is going to be more important yeah. than your job. Mm-hmm. Right? We could all agree to that. Sure. You just can't come out and say it's not a top priority. That just doesn't sound good. It, yeah, it's, he did, it's, it's bad optics. Now, if he's hitting 35 home runs a year and hitting Correct. 310. <laughs> right. But he's got – how many home runs does he have in his last four years? Like oh, 15? It's hard to hit home runs when you're not actually making plate appearances. He's cursed because he signed a monster contract. Yeah. And he's had very little production since he signed the monster contract. So, right. So, so to say that, a lot of people are going to be upset. That said – 
I think family should be the top priority for every player in Major League Baseball, and they probably all believe that when it's when it, when it's all said and done. Yep. But it just makes it sound like you don't care. It doesn't sound good, right? And eventually, he did say it's a it's a priority. That's why I'm here. Um, again, if he was producing, you probably wouldn't get as as much flack for it. Yeah, I mean, if you're hitting two or four or five home runs a year and you're always hurt and you're missing 100 games and you say that, well, the, the media is going to kill you. The fans are going to kill you. I'm, if I'm, you're producing and you're going to the playoffs and you're helping the team win, all right, it's not as bad. But you just can't say that because you know it's not going to look good for someone who's never on the field. Personally, I'm surprised that his his Twitter profile, by the way, still has him in a Nats uniform. It hasn't posted since 2017. So. That, to me, is the least shocking thing uh, I'm going to learn about Anthony Rendon today. He's not keeping up with social media. Doesn't seem like a very social type of guy. All right, last year, here are his stats. Actually, I'll give you the last four years Mm -hmm. for Anthony Rendon. And this is kind of staggering considering he's he's signed a $240 million contract, I think. Um, Two home runs last year. (laughs) All right. 2022. Five home runs. 2021, six home runs. COVID year, he actually played most of the year. He hit nine. All right, but so the last three years, he's got 13 home runs and roughly about, I don't know, 65 RBIs. Yeah. I mean, he's. And he, he hasn't played more than 60 games since 2019. With he has net. three years left on his deal, including this year, each one at $38 million. Mm-hmm. And. He's a mortal lock. Like as soon as his contract is up, when he's thirty-six years old, like unless he has some sort of weird resurgence over the next year, two or three, mm-hmm. like he's a lock that he's going to retire from baseball, and you'll never hear from him ever again. Like he'll just go live with his family, you know, raise his family wherever that's going to be, and you'll probably never see him at a baseball game ever again. Like he'll just. He'll just fade away. Did you guys see the full exchange? Like what he said before this? I did not. And it might change your opinion. So, look, the guy doesn't like answering questions mm-hmm. from the media. Yeah, never liked the, Never right. liked the media. So he's doing an interview, and he was asked about his enthusiasm before the game and his mindset now. He said, my, my enthusiasm has been the same since I got drafted, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I was actually deleting old emails because my storage to my maximum in my email. So I'm going back and deleting old emails. I emailed myself a pros and cons of why I wanted to stay in the game. (laughs) This was in 2014. My thought process of the game has not changed since then. I keep making it this long. So he's claiming he's still as enthusiastic for the game as he was a decade ago. For all those guys who have disdain towards the media... They might want to look in the mirror and ask themselves, "Well, why am I getting? Why why am I at a job where I get paid thirty eight million dollars per year?" Mm-hmm. A big part of that is because of the media. They come and interview. They spread the message. They get help you get ratings on TV. They help you get bigger contracts. So all of you, all of you athletes who hate the media or have disdain for the media, you might want to uh, reconsider your stance. Yeah, so during this interview. He That's was not going to change their way of thinking. Oh, this. I know. After I know. he said, I wrote a pros and cons list, which to me as a baseball player is kind of a wacky, like, why do I right. play professional pros baseball? Because be, uh, pay- paycheck, uh, paycheck. Well, number one, you like to compete. Mm-hmm. I would think that that would be number one. You, 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 like, if you're an athlete 
and you can play in high school, you do, and if you can play in college, you do, and if you can play as a pro, you do, because it's fun. And, and yes, the bonus is you're going to make money, and you're making a lot of money. So he's got this pros and cons list. So then the follow-up was, well, how does your pro and con list compare to 10 years ago? And he said, it's a lot different. I'm married. I have four kids. My priorities my priorities have changed since I was in my early 20s, so definitely my perspective on baseball has been more skewed. Then the follow-up comes again. Is it still a top priority for you? Mm-hmm. And he says that's where he, he – see, I think he was – I'm defending him a little bit. I think he was annoyed because the questions kept coming, and he opened the door with the whole thing about deleting emails, and I made a pros and cons list in 2014. But now it's the third question, and he is it still a top priority? And now he's being honored, and he goes – it's never been a top priority for me. That's where he gets. Well, himself he obviously in doesn't care about how the media and the fans view him because if oh. he did, he would have just lied and said, "You know, it's my life. Baseball's my life. I come out here every day. I get paid a lot of money. I have to produce. I got to stay healthy." But he's he's just being honest. Well, he's, he's, Drabby, do you think one reason he said this is because I get it? He's in a different stage of his life. But he also is probably really down because he's been hurt for the last three years. So he probably doesn't enjoy playing because he's always hurt. He's always had this negative outlook on on baseball and being a professional athlete, which I I guess is fine. But, dude, he did an interview with a podcaster like a month ago, and he said in the interview, I don't wish this life on anybody. Mm. (laughs) He makes $30 a year or whatever it is. $38 million. $38 a year. He's an entitled he, son he, of a, he a thinks, bee sometimes. He thinks <laughs> because he thinks it's a, it's a big-time grind. Okay, they, I'm sorry. Yeah, they, the, I'm just telling you why I said it. No, I know. They pay. They play a lot of games. Uh, he's, he's one of those guys that's in a short amount of time. Unhappy. He's unhappy at home. He's, he's lying to he's you. He's a surly guy. He's just, sur- he's just I mean, surly. Just, yeah. there's a, like he's reached his breaking he's point. He's a jerk. Like he had, he's a jerk. He's a jerk. He, he had the incident with the, the fan in Oakland who Correct. was heckling him where he grabbed him by like near the shirt <laughs> collar. Like he's... He's had enough. He's had enough of people just questioning him about the, the contract and making well, the, so much money and not producing. I'll never forget this. A uh, reporter w- went up to him in the locker room asking him for a, a, an update on his injury and his rehab. Uh-huh. And Rendon said, I, I'm not speaking English today. Like, <laughs> like I mean, it's just, he it's, couldn't be what more, an a-hole. He couldn't be more different th- from Mike Trout. Who's right. super loyal, mm-hmm. loves the game, wants to win, is committed to his team and his community, is out there grinding every day to be a better player. Less Anthony Rendon's, more Mike Trout. Yeah, he's he's, he's just horrible not the for same, the game. Same sort of guy. Like he's yeah. he's not cut from the Mike. What are Trout the odds? Cloth. What are the odds Rendon plays? You know, fifty games again this year. Fifty. Yeah, fifty to sixty. I mean, what odds are, are good? Under. I'm just saying, based on right. the last I'm few best years. predictor of the future is the past. I'm just saying, the last few years, he hasn't played that many. So I might bet under two. I might again, bet under six. Again, I've done this a few times. Golf clap to Mike Rizzo for not, for not signing that albatross of a deal to the Washington Nationals. He's like, you know, oh, the Angels just signed you that sort of money. Go out west. Go west, young man. Sign that deal. Well, not getting that deal here. It's worked out that way, but you don't want them to follow that practice all the time no, for their stars. The time, but mm-hmm. look, because Rendon didn't have that history here. Well, who he didn't have who that knew, reputation. Who knew Rendon better than Mike Rizzo? Nobody. I'm guessing and they offered him not, a lot of money. He chose not to sign him. I don't remember. I don't remember. I'm guessing they offered. There. I mean, they well, may they have didn't offer him as much as the yeah. Angels. Yeah, the that Angels. is for sure. All right, let's go to the phones. Let's go to Brian in Silver Spring. Brian, you're on with the junks. Good morning. 
Hey, good morning, guys. What's up? What's up? Hey, hey. first off, no one noticed it, but Rendon was making comments like this when he was with Washington, but obviously not being under a mega contract, it was kind of overlooked. He made a comment in an interview that he said that he finds baseball extremely boring. He doesn't watch it and wants nothing to do with it. Only reason why he plays it is because he's gifted. But the reason why I caught it is because he's not even the worst 70-year, $245 million contract in baseball. We all know it's Strasburg. So I don't understand what L.A. is going to release Rendon. They, he's a PR nightmare at this point. Why don't we just we make a trade? You guys can have <laughs> Strasburg. He can retire in California where he's from. We get Rendon back. And obviously the deferrals make it a little bit you know, different with the trade. But right. for all we know, Rendon might be pulling a George Seinfeld. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, George Costanza and Seinfeld. Maybe he wants to get released. Maybe he hates L.A. so much. We know he's a, a Southerner from Texas. He's a P1 Christian. He may just hate where he's at. Why not bring him back? Who, okay, maybe he plays 40 games a season. But at least we get something out of him. And maybe he, it might rejuvenate him to come back to D.C., and we can finally be gone with the Strasburg questions. He's going to be around for three more years of this lingering problem that we have with him, asking what's his status. And I think, personally, the Strasburg incident is a whole reason why the learners want to get out of, out of baseball. I think they're going to have PTSD every time someone wants to sign a $200 million-plus contract because uh, you know, they, this guy, I think, single-handedly almost killed this organization. But I know I put a lot out there, but you have overall. Been, well, he did help him win a World Series, but I agree. Proposing. Thank you, Brian. Uh, and I wouldn't want Rendon within 100 miles no, here. Yeah, I, think, uh, I think Mike and, Rizzo would hang up the phone And I just looked it up. The Nats did offer Rendon. Now, I'm sure most of it was deferred. Mm-hmm. They offered him $210 million to stay. Yeah. Uh, and he's a Scott Boris guy. And right. Boris clients, what do they like to do? They like to go to free agency. Sure. And he got more than that from the Angels. But they did try and save him. Um and they just didn't offer what the Angels did. I mean, it worked out, but Cakes, you can't have the practice of young star. He was a young star mm-hmm. just letting him go because they want a long-term deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you feel like... That's the whole reason, if you look at the poll that we have up at Junks Radio, that everybody's saying it's bad news that the learners are still the owners. I'm not saying it's the right move every time, but in, in this case, it, was the it right worked move. out perfectly for Rizzo and the Nats. Correct. Like, Rendon is not wearing their uniform any longer. Right. They got you know what they got the best out of Anthony Rendon they got at lucky. a reasonable price. They did get lucky, and then he went You're lucky. Yeah, they did get lucky. They got lucky Sometimes because lucky. they got lucky. Bryce that- Harper left. He's still star player. That is true. They got lucky that he turned down that money and went to L.A. Right, and it doesn't look good for him the rest of the way because no. he's probably not going to put any numbers up. Always hurt and doesn't even like to be in the stadium. Yep. All right. Don't forget, we'll talk more about. The Nats and Anthony Rendon with Bears for Luga. That's coming up at 9 a.m. When we come back, we'll get into some more trade rumors about what the commanders are going to do with their number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We wanted to talk some commanders here before Barry's Verluga comes on at 9 a.m. Of course, rumors are heating up. NFL draft is in April. Commanders hold the number two overall pick. Daniel Jeremiah was on recently with Rich Eisen from the NFL Network. I believe we have some audio when he's asked if he believes the commanders should move up with an unprecedented haul to try to grab Caleb Williams away from the Chicago Bears. Want something unprecedented? Uh, would you would you suggest them doing something unprecedented to go get Caleb Williams just up one spot, two to one? You know, I don't know that I would say unprecedented. I think if you can if you can get something done that's uh, you know that's within reason, I can make a case for that. I like the other two quarterbacks. I mean, I think there's there's three good quarterbacks in this draft that I, I think are really highly graded. And I also think when you look at Washington and you look at Adam Peters coming over there, you always carry your scars with you. And maybe the one do-over uh, that he might have with John Lynch there is the the massive haul to go up to get Trey Lance that, that didn't pan out. Um, so does he carry that with him? They're sitting there with the second pick. And let's say on a grading scale, you might have a you know a 69 or a 7-0 grade on Caleb Williams, and he's the top guy. But then you've got 67 grades on the next two guys like, okay, yeah, he's a little bit better. But man, you know, this is still a really, really good option for me. And I'm not going to have to part with all the picks. Look, I'm I'm sure Adam Peters has has run all the numbers. He's looked at the trade value charts. And I mean, if, if you're Peters, you go to Chicago and say, look, we like Caleb Williams. We'd love to move up. But here's this is the package we're willing to part with. And if you're not willing to do this deal, then then we'll move on to plan B or C, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. Like, Peters has been around long <laughs> enough and been in good enough organizations where I don't think he's going to get fleeced by the Bears to move up one spot. Now, and, if it's a reasonable ask, I think, especially if Kingsbury stumps for uh, Caleb Williams, and we know Spielman loves him, we know he, he's in that room too, like, if it makes sense, I think that they would do it. But if if they're just getting, you know, bent over and <laughs> taken <laughs> advantage of, I don't see that happening. I think it's going to be hard-pressed to do something that would be deemed reasonable to move up because I think other teams are going to try and trade up right. for the number one pick, and they might trade up for the number two pick. I was telling you about this Pro Football Focus mock draft. They put out their first mock, mm-hmm. and they got Caleb Williams going number one. And at number two, they have the commanders trading the first-round pick for... Denver's number one, which is 12th. Mm-hmm. So Denver's going to be a team that mm-hmm. could move up, sure. depending on what happens with Russell Wilson. Um, and then Washington would also get a first-round pick next year and the year after. And then with the 12th pick, they would draft J.J. McCarthy. Cakes gave it a big no. thumbs down. No, I'm sorry. I just I can't. For that. Well, don't but there's going to be a lot of teams. My point bringing that one up is I think there are going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking at trading up to number one. Now, the Bears could ultimately decide, hey, we're going to stay with the number one pick, mm-hmm. draft Caleb Williams, trade away Justin Fields for a second-round pick or whatever they can get for Justin Fields. But I think it would be hard for Washington to move up to number one without giving up a huge haul. Of course. Because they'll be able to get a huge haul from other teams like they did last year. Right, but because well, the Bears know that there's multiple teams that want to get to number one. Right. So you know, it's not, they're not going to just... 
get off scot-free, they're going to have to give up a boatload mm-hmm. just to move one spot. And I don't know if Commanders fans would like that because of all the, the holes in the roster. You got to keep. I think you got to keep all those those picks. And if I'm Washington, especially in Dan Quinn's first year, mm-hmm. yeah. If I'm Washington too, if Daniel Jeremiah is right now, he was kind of throwing it out hypothet- hypothetically, but if he's right that Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Caleb Williams are all graded pretty similarly, well, then I'm definitely not moving up. Now, if there's a huge gap. And some say there is a gap. Like Lewis Riddick says there's a gap between Caleb Williams mm-hmm. and his number two is Jaden Daniels. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty passionate about Jaden Daniels. And I've seen some other things. Uh, Doug Farrar put out some good stuff um, this week where he got into each of the players' strengths and weaknesses. And he seems to like Jaden Daniels. He might even be his number one over Caleb Williams and Drake May. But if Daniel Jeremiah is correct and they're all – Grading pretty similar? Well, then stand pat and take whoever you have rated highest on the board next. Yeah, I mean, who knows what they're thinking in terms of those those three quarterbacks. But, I mean, if they do have Drake May slightly below Caleb, mm-hmm. then you can work with that. You can work with Drake you May. Think. If you have Jaden Daniels slightly below Caleb Williams, you can work with that. But I, I would need to be – if I'm Peters, I would need to be blown away to move off the number, number two, two pick. Yeah, Just because – I mean. He knows how long it's been since they've had a, a like a game changer franchise quarterback here in Washington. Who knows when they're going to pick number two again? Like if things go according to plan, you're never picking this high as long as you're with this organization right. ever again. Right? Like, e- it shouldn't happen. Eb's in on Jaden Daniels. Here's what Lewis Riddick says about Jaden Daniels. He says the data and the tape both showing that Jaden Daniels, the best quarterback in college football in 23, and against the best competition teams is when he was his best compared to all other QBs. What determines where he goes in the draft, how high he's selected, will not be because of what he did on the field because he was light TF out between the white lines. Mm-hmm. That's Jaden Daniels. Yep. And then you can get What's he say about Caleb? really high praise about Drake May. <clears throat> um, Doug Farrar, who's a writer, he gave his like in-depth pluses and minuses on some of the quarterbacks. And here's what he says about Drake May. Pocket movement is very underrated. He doesn't automatically run to run under pressure. Arm talent and arm strength, a plus. Tight window throws are no problem at all and can make accurate off-platform throws as well as anybody. Now, he does have minuses, not an anticipation thrower, arm arrogance. And at the end, he goes, carnival ride quarterback, who could take his NFL team to a Super Bowl or get his OC fired? Yeah, that's that's quite a uh, that's quite a range there for Drake May. But who so knows? they just got to get it right. They um, got to get it right. I, I mean, my personal opinion right now, I, I, I wouldn't be able to distinguish anything amongst the quarterbacks. I don't watch enough college football to even really have an opinion. But is that they should stay with the number two pick and draft a quarterback, whoever they believe is the best quarterback left at number two. Well, that's assuming what's gonna, that's what's going to happen. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, that's going to happen. I don't I see would them think trading so. out of the number two pick, but you're going to see all kinds of different opinions from everybody out there. There's going to be a billion different mock drafts coming out before late April. But, but it's not right. always like that. Like a but, lot of years, you know, I think Joe Burrow was pretty okay. much a consensus number one. Sure, 
I think Trevor Lawrence well, was a consensus Caleb, number one. I know, but Caleb Williams is kind of the consensus it's number a, one. Yes and no, yeah, man. I mean, there I are mean, a couple guys that you're pointing out that like Daniels over him, but if you look at most mock drafts, it's Williams. Yeah, most mock drafts. Yeah. But, I mean, you got Merrill Hodge taking shots sure. at Caleb Williams. You have uh, Tim Hasselbeck saying that Drake May is the best. Yep. I don't think it's as universal as it usually is. Well, ultimately, it doesn't really matter. It matters what Ryan Poles, who runs the Bears, thinks about Caleb right. Williams. Yeah. And if it he matters. loves him and thinks he's you know the next Patrick Mahomes, he's going to pick him at number one, or he's gonna he's gonna sell that pick for a ransom, a huge ransom for whoever wants to come up and pay but like that you price. Said, Anybody but like want you them said, to trade? If you're up gonna to trade one. trade a pick, okay, if you trade number two out, whatever. So you obviously don't like May or Daniels and as much, but if you stay at two. It's important, obviously, to to get the right guy that you think fits best for what you want to do, and then you got to coach him up. I know you think coaching staffs are overrated, but you got no. you got to coach him up. I think it's part of once it. Once you get in here, you got to coach him up. You got to put a bunch of good players around him. You got to put a good offensive line in front of him, especially if he's going to play. You know, we, we assume he would start week one next year if he's drafted that high. So that's also very important that you coach his ass up if you draft him there. Phone number is 800-636-1067. So we're talking about this Daniel Jeremiah deal. Do you think the commanders should trade up to one so they get whoever they want, even if it takes a big haul? I personally do not. I would stay at number two. I wouldn't. Does anybody want them to trade up to one? I'm sure there are some people out there. Would you want them to trade up to one? Probably not. And I think there, there might be a little something to what Jeremiah is saying about there being some scar tissue there with Peters being part of the the Trey Lance deal. Now, he's obviously a smart, analytical guy, and he he looks at this as an independent event. What Trey Lance did or didn't do has nothing to do what happened here. Right, it shouldn't cloud your here. judgment. It shouldn't, but probably in his subconscious, he's thinking, the last time I made a move up for a quarterback didn't really work out. So that could be a little something in the back of his brain that could influence his actions. Not saying it is, but there's a possibility that that's there. And the thing about the Trey Lance deal, and I don't know that we'll ever know, is look, he was the assistant GM, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like he could have been against the Trey Lance deal, but John Lynch was for it, or yeah. Kyle Shanahan was for it. We don't know how or that all operated. Been, he could have been. He's the running waiver. the show now. Right. Like this is the track record that mm-hmm. matters. Yeah, this is a big I know one. that Jason brought up. This is a big. That Adam Peters yeah. got a lot of credit for kind of unearthing gems in late rounds like George Kittle. That's the that's the rumor. It was yes. like, but this is this is the one where we're gonna pay attention. Like mm-hmm. the forget about the past. He he got the gig. So what is he gonna do? And what clues? Like right now, what are the clues? The only clue I think we have right now, and it's not even for Madden Peters, is just that Kingsbury said that Caleb Williams and Patrick Mahomes are eerily similar. Right. So that would make you think that they'd want to go after Caleb Williams because the offense coordinator who they hired, who worked with Caleb Williams, thinks that he can be Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. That's really the only clue. I don't think we've got any other clues on whether they like Drake May, Jaden Daniels, or Caleb Williams. There haven't been any leaks. Now it's still early in the process. We haven't got to the combine or pro days yet. All right, let's hit a couple calls. Do right. you think that the commanders should go all in and trade up to one? That would be just a huge story. 
Huge. What if they traded up to one and took Drake May? No, yeah. well, that would be. I don't think that's going to happen. Let's go to Mike in Haymarket. Mike, you're on with the Junks. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Hello. All right. So, uh, first of all, I don't think the commanders should even think about trading up. There's too much uh, uh, holes everywhere. Uh, I think, as as Bish said, um, all over the all over the place for the most part. And it's to trade up, you're basically mortgaging everything uh, to build around this quarterback that is supposedly going to be there. So I also don't like the idea of taking any of these quarterbacks, but again, that's if you can trade back and get maybe a second tier one, if you're really sold on somebody, I think it's a a viable option to pick up extra picks and then go get a Bo Nix, you know, possibly, but I don't, I don't even like Penix. I don't like Penix. I don't like McCarthy either. So are you a uh, you know, if you're really So you must like Sam Howell. I like him, and, and you have to remember, okay, this is a big point. You have to remember that when Sam Howell uh, had his best year at North Carolina, he was touted as being the number one overall pick I for know. a pre-mock draft for the next season. And I'm not saying that somebody can't go from top to bottom, but you also have to realize how much he lost after that, that you know, season that he had he lost two offensive guards that went to the nfl he lost two running backs that went to the nfl and his wide his main wide receiver was diamond brown who went to Mike, don't you think don't you think all 32 teams knew that (laughs) that passed him over for four rounds they're not running it back with sam howell he may be on the roster he may even start a few games if whoever they draft isn't ready but they're moving on from sam howell but just think about this if and Mike's right. There were a lot of mock drafts. And by the way, these were mock drafts. Mocks, yes. All right. Doesn't mean Sam Howe would have been the number one pick overall. Right. But just think if he was, if he was a first-round pick after that year, based on what he did in the NFL, how much of a disappointment he'd be looked at. Now, again, <laughs> he would have a longer leash. Yeah. But people would be saying, oh, my God, they that's a bust in the first round. So, And by the way, you just got to make your team better. Right. College kids lose players all the time. They do. You got to make your team better, and he just got slightly worse, and he's not going to be the, the starting quarterback for the future for this team. We'll take more of your calls on the MGM National Harbor listener lines eight hundred six three six one zero six seven. Where do you stand on whether the commander should move up to try to grab Caleb Williams? And don't forget, Barry's Verluga joins us at nine a.m. It's time for the Donk listeners to put on their faux GM hats. They can become Adam Peters. Do you stand pat at number two? Do you try to trade up? to number one to grab Caleb Williams? Or do you move your way down the draft board and get extra picks by moving back in the draft and bypassing one of the top three quarterbacks if you, say, move into the 10 or 12 range if you get an offer that you feel is too good to pass up? Let's go to Mike in Ashburn and see where he falls hey guys, on that how are you? Mike range. What's, What's up? up, Mike? What's up, guys? So You guys know a how guy, but you know all the talk about the Bears and they want this mother load for the number one. If they don't get it and they just pick Williams, that's going to make that number two pick even that more needed for all these teams need quarterbacks. Absolutely, you don't think it's worth it. You don't think it's worth it to trade it at that point and then get somebody a little later and then have him and Hal fight it out in, in training camp. No, and that I way you got a little. I, here's a, here, but here's Mikey, you're a you're a Hal guy. If you get somebody much more that. talented than Hal, you're that, a Hal guy. That's the goal. Like. <laughs> But I'm saying we can get a, still get a quarterback, but just not the top three or five. If we if we do do something with Denver or something like that, we can still get a, a decent quarterback to have them fight it out. So we got a little more security that one of them with a 
good line and a, and a new coaching staff can make it happen. Yeah, but here's and the problem, have- Mike. Here's the problem. If you draft, you trade out of that two and you get a somewhat decent quarterback, like you're defining it, okay, and he's not good enough to beat out Hal, then you've got Sam Howell as your starting quarterback next right. year. It's a, it's a problem. And are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. Well, I'll tell you that. Adam Peters isn't. Yeah, you're okay with spinning your wheels? Because that's what it I'm sounds like. I'm telling you, Adam. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate the call. Adam Peters and Dan Quinn are well, not going to be happy with I, it. Yeah, if you're Adam Peters, your mindset can't be, well, let's find a guy who's around the same skill level as Sam Howell, and they can battle it out in training camp, and we'll yeah. pick the best guy from that group. No, that that can't be the mindset. Mindset has to be, let's find somebody who's light years better than Sam Howell, and we have the opportunity to do that at number two. Correct. That they didn't have when they picked Sam Howell in the fifth round. Correct. Not fifth overall, in the fifth round. I, I understand that you know there are people out there who think, how behind a good line will be really good. Well, so will the number two pick in the draft (laughs) behind a good line because he's better than what Hal was in college. Yes. He did bring up, though, a good point that if Caleb goes one, there will be a bunch of teams, we're assuming, uh, that will try and get to that number two spot to draft Jaden or or Drake. Drake May. So Cakes wasn't for the trading down to number 12 taking J.J. McCarthy with two first-round picks, mm-hmm. what would entice you? If I'm Peters, I probably feel like... Is there I, any quarterback have, beyond the top three no, that should be okay? What I was so you've got to have a top I need three to have, guy. I need to have one of the consensus top three guys on my board. Okay, I can't, I can't start off my campaign as Adam Peters with Penix or Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy. I just those can't be my guys. Yeah, and, and we don't know how they're graded amongst the the commanders, coaching staff, and the scouts. We have right. no idea. But just based on everything we saw and everything we're reading, those are the top three quarterbacks. Right, and they could go one, two, three, or maybe someone trades up or trades out. Who knows? But the thing about getting back to Hal is, I mean, if you traded out of the two, and you went down to the 10, 12, mm-hmm. 14 pick, whatever. Right. And you drafted Bo Nix. And, and look, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy might end up being better college, or pro quarterbacks than these top three. Who knows? Could happen. We just, we just sure. have no idea. But just based on your grades, if you did that and then you were right and McCarthy wasn't better than Hal, mm-hmm. you can't go into next year and play Sam Hal for 17 games. No. Absolutely the, not. The odds of, of Daniels, May, and Caleb being the best quarterbacks, one, two, three in it's this very, draft. It's very small. Infinitesimal. Like the other guys it. are going to have a shot too, and don't forget about that's, what I, that's what I just I said. Mean, of course, they're all going to have a shot, and I, and it's impo- It is it is really hard, but you still want to take the shot at, at hopefully hitting a home run. I want to take a. Bite you are from correct the- that those those guys one two three probably based on history won't be as good as one two three should be. Right, but. If you take a, if you think that and you trade out, you take Penix and you take Bo Nix or McCarthy, and they can't start, they're not good enough to start. You are screwed. I want to take a bite from the best apple when I walk into a grocery store or a farmer's market. I'm not going to go to the secondary apple stand. I'm going to go to the, the freshest apple stand I can find, and that's picking from the but top you, three. But you truly never. I mean, Jaden Daniels wasn't a top three pick six months ago. Nope. Neither was Joe Burrow before he burst right. on the scene yeah, I mean, for LSU. Either sometimes these guys move up, like Baker. Because Baker moved way up to number one and then proved up, proved not to be the guy. Right. It's a crapshoot. You 100%. can pick all the Bo Nixes and McCarthys you want. I'm going to pick a stud. And that's what I'm going to do as my first Usu- move. Usually I- I'm with you, but I- I- 
I'm staking my. I'm a Penix guy. I've told you guys this is my guy through and through. <laughs> I believe he's the best quarterback in the draft. I'm on an island. I and I wouldn't do that number one probably. Mm-hmm. But I think time will tell. All right, let's go to Franco in DC. The championship Franco. game didn't scare you, Drab? Did you see the Texas game? He played seven yes. ranked teams and beat six of them. It was lights out in six of those games. Okay. Everybody's Franco, a lot of bad games. You're on with the junks. Good morning. Franco, Franco. that's you, my friend. That's your last chance. All right, let's All right, go to go. Matt. He is calling in from Calvert. What's up, Matt? Hey, how's it going, guys? What's up? What's up? <laughs> I uh I am not saying I do not think Sam Howell is the answer by any means. But I think the offensive line is our biggest, biggest area that needs to be addressed. Um, I mean, we've gone through 20-plus quarterbacks in the last 20 years. Um, We've had the 31st-ranked offensive line last season. I think think that needs to be addressed before we we go all in on a QB, is my point. So you want to trade out and draft a lineman in the first round? I'd say trade back. Try to get try to get some kind of package, either either somebody mediocre, not saying mediocre quarterback wise, but to, to get some kind of package this year. Maybe grab Joe Walt in the top seven, eight, and then start building that lineup and bring somebody in next year. I don't think I don't think anybody this year is that guy. I don't think he's the franchise changing quarterback. I definitely don't think it's Caleb. I think Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in this draft, but. I think the offensive line is where we need to start personally. Well, you can still address. I have to agree to disagree. You my can friend. still address <laughs> yeah. the offensive line. Yeah, there are multiple you, ways to upgrade your offensive line. You don't you, necessarily have to draft the offensive line at two or right. at eight if you trade back. You can address it in other ways. But to, to to say we can just wait until next year, you you can't do that because you don't have an idea of who's going to be available next year. I mean, if you really think Quinn Ewers is the guy, well, doesn't mean you're going to get him. You don't know imagine, where you're going to be drafting. Look, I don't, of course, I don't want Josh Harris making the pick. That's why that. he brought in Adam Peters to run the personnel department. But I, I have to think there's some sort of implicit pressure upon Peters to pick a quarterback with the first pick. Right? I mean, yeah, like, I, I would think so. There, there has to be some of that coming from Harris and the rest of the ownership group. And Jason brings up a good point about yours. Not specifically him, but I... I read that most of the scouts believe next year's draft for quarterbacks mm-hmm. isn't nearly what it is this year. Right. So there's more importance on taking advantage of a good quarterback class this year because you're not going to have as many good prospects next season. Correct. According to these right. scouts. And most well, most likely you won't be picking at number two again next season. But you don't even know where you're going to be drafting is right. my point. I mean. Right. Like you have certainty right now, you have the number two overall pick in the draft. Unless you get a, a just a crazy deal that Peters looks at and and goes to his staff and says, "Look, I really want to pick this guy at number two, but I don't know the Raiders want to come up to number two and I can't pass up this deal." Like unless he gets blown away by another team, I don't see him moving off the number two pick. Like it has uh, to I be agree. an amazing I don't, I don't, deal. I don't think he will. There's a lot of pressure to go out and, and get that. And also, if I'm Peters, I'm going to call Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, and say, I'm going to give you a first-rounder and maybe a second and a third in the future. I'm not giving you multiple first-round picks to move up one spot. If you can find a sucker later down the board that's going to come up, somebody's well, at I don't 10 think or that's, 12. Well, I don't think that's not going to get it done anyway. I don't think. Okay. Then then 
I don't have to waste any more energy calling uh, Chicago area code and trying to do a deal. I mean, who knows? Maybe Ryan Poles loves Drake May or, or Daniels. Who knows? Don't know. Don't know who he loves. But I, I don't think that's – do I think they're going to stay at one. Do you guys – does it mean anything to you guys that Drake May is only 21 years old <clears throat> and, and Jane Daniels is going to be 24? He's year? older. Well, Daniels I mean, played a, a lot. Big difference. He played a lot more college football. I don't have played. a problem picking a more mature quarterback. No, no, I'm talking about picking the younger guy because he's he has still so much more room for growth. Yeah. There's a lot of people that that like May because of his youth, and I mean the biggest knock on Penix is that he's going to be 24 right, right after the draft. Yeah, they don't want the I older think turns 24. Like, I don't think that's that big of a deal. I mean, he's still going to go high. He's still going to go probably top three, even if he's 24. All right, let's go to PJ in rest. But I see what you're saying. I just like the size. PJ, you're on with the Jucks. Hey, guys, lovely day to everybody. So um, I agree with you guys that I don't want to go the route of, like, you know, drop it down to 12, getting a Bo Nix or McCarthy's and that. I want us to I want us to actually stay at two. Now, the only thing I would offer the Bears for number one is kind of, a, you know, from a high leverage point, right? I would not offer them draft capital. What I would do is this. I would float the idea. Of saying, hey, we'll we'll give you our two pick and, and your pick of either, uh, you know, Jonathan uh, Allen or Deron Payne. They may not take that. If they don't, okay, stay at two. I would also even uh, hit up New England at number three. Let's say we have these three guys rated around the same: Caleb, Drake, and Jaden, right? Mm-hmm. But let's say New England is Gugu Gaga over one of them. I would even consider moving back one slot to number three if New England thinks highly enough of one of those uh, two guys that are going to be left there after Caleb and maybe picking up an extra second or third. But, yeah, I definitely I don't like the idea of taking uh, no disrespect to Bo Nix, Michael Penix, or, uh, you know, J.J. McCarthy. But, you know, I want to take either one of the top three, or if we're going to do that, trade down and just stick with Sam Howell, which I like Sam Howell, but I'd rather get one of these top three. So that's what I would kind of go about it, how right. I would go about Thanks, it, Thanks, PJ. Appreciate the call. When we come back, we're going to talk to Barry's Verluga, Washington Post sports columnist. We can get into the commanders with him, the Nationals non-sale, and more. Barry's Verluga next on The Fan. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 